Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and I am joined for Game 5's preview by Prop Bomb over here. Number one gambling Twitter heat fan, I think. So, uh, <laughs> Prop Bomb, how are you doing today? How are you feeling right now? Uh, down 3-1 in the series. Uh, we're doing good here. I think um, I'm kind of motivated to see how Miami can shut up the critics, so to say and uh and get back to business uh it's you know they they've got they've gone this far to not you know to, to just continue and um i'm excited to see how game five goes yeah man i mean it's been it's been quite the series so far uh, obviously there's been so much talk about you know spo being obviously such an excellent coach yeah. and then you know what they've been able to do shooting the three ball really throughout like the entire postseason outside of the knicks series where the knicks just also didn't make any baskets um but what are your what are your thoughts on you know what miami's been able to do so far like do you do you think that they're going to be able to force a game six at home or is it just kind of like get out there, do your best. But you know, this series, this series, we're kind of a little overmatched. Yeah, no, I'm honestly, you know, removing the bias being a heat fan. I definitely feel that, you know, just seeing the plus minus when Jokic is off the court and it's like minus 31, that just kind of tells the whole story about this series. And, yeah. um, you know, it pains me to say it, but I just think the Nuggets are the better team at this point. Um, I do think that Miami is going to give it all. They're not going to just lay on their backs. Definitely. Um, I, I definitely think like they're going to keep it close. Um, and then like the story of the game, though, is, you know, game two, they were on fire from three. Game three and four, it just seems like they're really uh, the Nuggets are really putting attention on the shooters. And um, the heat. I mean, regression kind of just came and fell on the heat. Yeah. Um, and, um, it's, it's gonna, we're gonna have to rely on Jimmy Butler, man, to, to give a legacy game to close it, to, to extend it. Yeah, man. I want, I was going to say with Jimmy, it's like really, really interesting because, you know, he's had different comments throughout the course of the postseason about, you know, like how he's not necessarily a scorer, et cetera, et cetera. But like, yeah. When you look at this team, right? Like you don't have hero. He's ruled, he's been ruled out now already. Um, they don't really have a score. Like Jimmy's a good scorer when he wants to be, but I do question a little bit, like how is his health? How is he like, how is he moving? And it seems, you know, you probably, you watch him more often than I do as a heat fan, but it seems like even when he is driving and like, you would think that like the dribble penetration would generate looks for other players and stuff. It's like, he's just doing it to do it. It doesn't feel like as, purposeful because I like, I don't know if he's not really well or like, I'm wondering where he is on the hundred percent scale right now, yeah. but it certainly doesn't even feel like 75%. Like he's putting up, he had a great game last game with 25, seven and seven, but like we have not seen him touch like a 30 point game since uh, like, what do you have one game like that against the Knicks? And it's really, really aside from that, we haven't seen too much of him uh, offensively like that. Yeah, Joe, I think you've actually kind of like are really observing what what is what is happening. Um, and to me, it just feels like I don't want to blame Josh Hart here because I know you're a Knicks fan. But I mean, it's like ever since that Knicks series, I just think Butler is the type of player that does not want to like use the, use injuries as an excuse or anything. But I really do think um, that foot 
ankle, whatever it is, it is really impacting his aggressiveness and, and his kind of like drive. Um, yeah. You're seeing it though, like like what you're just saying in, in the penetration and just like the overall efficiency, efficiency when he's at the rim, like shots that he's normally able to make just isn't falling for him right now. I mean, I saw it in game last game. I mean, I was on his over 26 and a half points. He had 24, 25 points with six minutes left to play. He missed at least two op- easy, easy bunnies off fast breaks. He, I, I don't know. It's, I just think that he's really overexerting himself, and I don't know how much left is in the tank for him. Yeah. So I know we talked, you know, previously about a, an angle on Butler. Is there yeah. a way that you think that you might want to play Butler in Game Five, given you know some of the concerns that you've seen with his mobility, with his health, and like how that's impacting his style of play right now? Right. Yeah. Um, it just goes back to the injury. I mean, I gave this out uh, on the action green dot daily. I took his under two and a half steals and blocks. You look, that line now has has been uh, adjusted by the market. It's it's now at one and a half steals and blocks, which kind of just goes to show. Um, I think there's still value left if you were to just take the under one and a half steals. It's like minus one fifty. I mean, it has a lot to do with pace being slow. I mean, I just think. He's more focused right now on just driving in his offense than his defense. I think, yeah. you know, you, you would have, to, if, if you told me three months ago that like it was going to come down to, uh, you know, Jimmy was going to be on Jamal, you'd feel pretty confident that, you know, he could shut him down, but I mean, he just does not look right. Um, yeah. Defensively. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's interesting that you're saying that too, because the stuff with Jamal Murray has been fascinating, right? Like yeah. he's been an absolutely stellar distribute distributor throughout this series. And he's never really had a run like this throughout his entire career with, you know, he's had 10 plus assists in every game so far. He had 10, 10, 10, 12. So yeah. it's, it's really been fascinating. And I think one of the things that I noticed was in the, at the end of game four, you really started to see Spo throw a lot more blitzes at him and like sending help and like right. really going after Murray. That means you're leaving like somebody else on Denver open, yeah. which is just like he just wasn't crazy. budging. He he wasn't budging. I mean, he wasn't turning the ball over for no. much pressure that they gave him. Yeah. And his potentials are just insane. Like he's averaging 10.5 assists per game on yeah. 18 potentials, which is just a mind numbing number because Jokic is only at 13.3 potentials. So when you're looking at what Miami's been able to do, I think part of it comes down to what you said about Butler's health, right? Like, yeah. I think that that's impacting his ability to defend Murray, um, at least maybe his lateral quickness, that type of thing. What do you think is the option here for Miami? Or is it just kind of like, uh, like, like hopefully the shots don't go in? Yeah, you know, I, um, you say that I actually liked how they approached the last game and, you know, trapping and, and doubling Murray, I thought it was a fine, it was a fine type of um, adjustment. Are you going to expect Nikola Jokic to, to hit three, three pointers and Aaron Gordon to hit two? I mean, is that replicatable? I mean, yeah. Um, I think, I just think you got to keep going. I thought, I thought that was probably their best shot. You got to play small. Um, I think the biggest adjustment though, is to start Duncan Robinson. That would yeah. be my biggest adjustment. Dude, I'm I'm with you on Duncan. Um, yeah. so just to close out on J- on Jamal really quickly though, like yeah. I know we, I like I I like him to go over his assist prop at eight and a half. 
Um, I think double double is still even playable. It's like still like plus 180 or so, depending on where you're at. I don't honestly just don't think that the market's adjusted enough for Jamal. So that's kind of where I'm leaning that way. If you bet that assist leader prop or, you know, yeah. So like that, I have that at like eight to one, Jim Turvey gave it out of 42 to one, which was mind numbing. Um, Mm -hmm. but if you've got him there, or if you have him for like the 10 assists in every game prop, that was at like 19 to one that Brandon Anderson talked about, then maybe you stay away from actually betting his assist prop straight. Cause you already have like liability on those props as well. Um, but I just wanted to, you know, touch on that for everybody that's been listening to every episode episode here. Um, but I do want to pivot now to jump to Duncan Robinson, right? They won't give us any props for him right now. Like I I've think, been waiting yeah, all I day. Noticed <laughs> I so noticed that. I, yeah. Dude, he, I think his minutes are like legit. Um, and when he's playing, like he's one of the few guys that can really give you like instant offense as like a microwave scorer. Do you think that Miami leans a little bit more into their offense and say, says like, look, like, we're not fucking stopping you guys. We gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta at least try to score like and pump up the three point variance. Like, wh- what do you think about that? Yeah, um, you know, a stat that popped out to me before coming on here um, was that Max Struess is twenty percent on wide open three pointers. That's twenty percent, not including game, not including game two. I said this in the action slack. Not including game two. He's one for 16 from three point. Dude, I that's mean, Michael Porter Jr. status. It's <laughs> just unacceptable. You know, it's like, it's even, yeah, it's, is, could that be, I don't want to like, I don't, I, I don't want to make this about Max Struess, but I just think Duncan Robinson though, I mean, his efficiency looks good. I think the dribble handoff and the overall chemistry between him and Bam works better than between yeah. Max and Bam. And they're making, well, I mean, Bam is, a lot more active passing. So I think it would work well. Um, and I just think in general, I mean, you gotta, you gotta go with Bam and Jimmy for 42 plus minutes. And then this is kind of like, okay, if, if the shots just aren't falling, you gotta just put, yeah. put in someone else, you know? I mean, Duncan play. So it's interesting too, because Shrews and Vincent and love, they all started 19, 19, 18 minutes for those guys. Yeah. The guys off the bench, Caleb Martin, 33 minutes, Kyle Lowry, 33 minutes, Duncan Robinson, 25 minutes, and Cody Zeller's basically done now, too. Him and Highsmith, they're four and zero, right? I think it's fascinating that these books won't really give us a line because, like, just somebody starting doesn't mean anything. Like, it literally just doesn't matter. And yeah. I like, the Duncan Robinson spot, five for seven, two for four from three, 12 points, one board, three assists. He's, you know, he's been able to get out in the offense, get loose. And honestly, his defense hasn't been God awful. Like it's been, no, you know, because yeah. he, he's a little bit longer. He's a little bit lankier. Like he can kind of get in the passing lane here and there. I, I, I'm with you. What do you think? What do you think you'd see if we see his props open up? Where do you think that you would take him at like an over? Like if he's at 10 and a half points and two and a half threes, but plus money on the threes on the over. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, you always learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Game, game four. I actually took his under. <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> why, why like, I, I, you know, I, I will admit like that was a bad take on my end um, yeah. and you learn from it. But to answer your question, I think his line is probably going to be at uh eight and a half points 
I would say start or no start. And the same yeah. thing with this three is one and a half. And it could probably be at like minus 140 or something. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I feel like they're not going to want to give us that three plus because it's going to, they have, it would have to be a plus money number. Yeah. So, so um, I would, yeah. I mean, and, and what you're seeing with Duncan too, and he's not, he's not really been like that one dimensional player. He's like shown his willingness to drive to the rim. I mean, like I'm kind of surprised by him and too. just how he's been able to do that, not just be a three point shooter, you know? Yeah. I think it's been really surprising. It was like all of a sudden you're watching this game and like Duncan Robinson has been like under wraps for like a year and a half. And then all of a sudden it's like, yo, when'd you get this bag? bag, (laughs) So he's uh, it's been, it's been really interesting. I I think that that would be a good pivot for them. I do want to talk about Caleb Martin. So I like, I like Caleb Martin. What I noticed is in game two, when they made that come or when they, when they won the game um, with all where they just went bonkers from three, right. Caleb Martin played the entire fourth quarter since then he's played the entire fourth quarter in games three and four, and he's had 30 minutes or more in the last Mm -hmm. in games three and four as well. He's not like, he didn't start in game four, 33 minutes, 11 points, five boards, one assist. His PRA lines at 15 and a half. I bet that already. Um, there's going to be a video out for that. I know you mentioned to me that you like that as well. Uh, what do you think about Caleb Martin as like a dark horse kind of X factor in this game? Yeah, we we talked about this before recording, but that is a really high percentage, really high percentage chance. I'm actually going to bet that myself too. Yeah. Uh, the over 15 and a half PRA. And I just think it comes down to him playing defense and him being on Jamal Murray and just a guy in general that Spolster trusts. Um, you look at game one and game two, he didn't get that many minutes because I honestly think it had to do with just like the high altitude sickness being in Denver. That was a whole thing. Like he missed practice. Um, but like what you just said, since then, He's uh, consistently playing 12 plus minutes in the fourth quarter, closing, which matters most. Yeah. And he's seen, you know, 25 to 33 minutes just to add on what you're saying um, without Tyler Hero, including the playoffs. uh, He's hit that. He's had at least 16 more PRAs in 11 of the 13 games. Yeah. It's uh, tremendous. It's tremendous. Like the output has been, the output has been like really, really good. And, um, it's like if you look at his floor for minutes, like it's it's pretty high. And then also just the way that he can go off in both points and, and rebounds. Yeah. And he basically is always having at least one assist. So I don't think it hurts you to add the assist as opposed to like a PR type of thing because you're getting it's only like one more stat. He's basically always at one. Sometimes you see a two when you're playing maybe 35 minutes you like just the flow of offense, you're probably going to get more, at least one assist. So I think that I, I really liked it for Caleb because I was like, he could score 16 and just cash yeah. it on points, but he could also, you know, have like an eight and eight game, like who, who knows? So there's a lot of different ways for Caleb Martin to have an impact in this game. And I feel like people forgot about him because he didn't play in games one and two really. Yeah. And you're, you're just getting like, a bit of a discount still. I don't think the lines yeah. have caught up. And also too, I mean, I believe he had like 12 or more rebound. I think he had like 12 plus rebound chances last game too. Yeah. So, so you got, there's the potential right there, you know? Exactly. So we'll, we'll have to see like exactly how the minutes kind of shake out. But honestly, I was like, as long as he plays 25, I'm, I'm really cool with this prop and like, I'll live with it. Uh, and I just think that that's probably where he kind of ends up in like, but at least 25 minutes, no matter what. Um, yeah. 
the one thing I wanted to pivot to, right, is on the Denver side. So I think it's been really interesting how Jokic's assists have been a bit down, right? Mm -hmm. And the way that Miami's tried to defend him is like fascinating. So it's almost like they they can't defend him. Like they try to, they, they try to do different things, but what do you think of Jokic in game five? Like, do you think that he's going to, how do you think he's going to impact the game? Like obviously he impacts it all like in so many different ways, but do you think that this is going to be a game where he's got like a very well-rounded output or is it going to be like a, you know, a 15 assist night is going to be a 35 point night. What are you thinking out of, uh, out of Jokic here? Yeah, you kind of alluded to it earlier with Jamal Murray's assist. And I think the reason why he's not um, being that assist self that we're all used to him seeing is because, like what you just said, they're just not sending help on him like they did in the Lakers series. You know, you had Rui and and AD on him. Miami just not big enough to do that. So they're just kind of letting him, um, I mean, just create his own shots, right? So in in terms of, like, output, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, my, my, my kind of go-to with him is 25 plus points and under 11 and a half assists. Yeah. That's kind of like my favorite way to play him. I think the rebound line is good too. It all comes down to uh, Michael Porter Jr. seeing the minutes because yeah. he's just an aggressive rebounder himself, but he's off the court, not hitting his shots. There's the rebounds for Jokic. Um, yeah. I, you're 100% right, I think, with MPJ. And, I mean, MPJ, he started only played 23 minutes. Bruce Brown off the bench played 30. Yeah. So, I think that it's it's definitely, like, an interesting dynamic. And, obviously, Jokic, he had 23, 12, and 4. Probably would have played another five minutes had he not gotten that fifth foul in the fourth quarter. So, uh, you know, it's just with him, it's just, like, the output. It's like it's like he has, like, a quote-unquote bad game, and the numbers yeah. are still just ridiculous you know yeah like I've, i just think the strategy for the denver for the heat to be the denver nuggets has always been to stop jamal not jokic you just can't yeah. stop him you don't have the size for that so yeah i think that that's a fair point i mean you try to go after murray as much as you can and you know i think they've done a pretty good job of limiting him in that way uh you know like 15 points last game his usage was still there, but the assists, it's just, it's just really one of those situations where you're Miami and you're like, look, like you look at this team and you're just like, we don't really have the right guys to do this, I think. And I think Jimmy's been incredible. Bam has also been exceptional. Right. But from the offensive perspective, Jimmy and Bam are only scoring like slightly more points than they're taking field goal attempts. So like the offensive efficiency just isn't really there and Bam's not really generating a lot of fouls. So when you look at game five now, is really the the one way for Miami to kind of get back into this is try to stop Murray, take a bunch of threes. I will say this, Joe. Um, I think an interesting strategy, I wanted to make sure I, I say this, is yeah. to, I think the, the biggest the biggest X factor in, in this whole series has been Aaron Gordon for the Nuggets. Yeah, he's been awesome. If they can like put him in foul trouble early, that would be good for the Heat because you know how Jimmy, I've just seen whenever they give the ball to Jimmy, he tries to actively scree- or switch off to not have Aaron yeah. Gordon defend him. Yeah. Um, if they can get him in foul trouble and then have a guy like, I don't know, Jeff Green or like Jamal Murray, then yeah. guard, then guard Jimmy Butler, that would be big. But in the end, it just comes down to uh, the role players for Miami and and them 
being consistent. I think you got Jimmy, you got Bam. Who's the third? Who's their third highest score? It's it used to be Caleb in the Celtics. Yeah, you know. I think that's the thing that's that's so fascinating with Miami, right? Like they don't have Hero, so you've they've really been Hero, right? Would have been Hero, right? But they've had to like go in deep into the roster. That's kind of why Caleb is like. That's why we we both like Caleb, right? Is because he at least is not one dimensional. He's unlike the rest of the guys. He is he is comfortable and and willing to drive against the Denver Nuggets and want to get the free throws, right? Yeah, and and I think the other thing is too with Vincent and Struess, like they're just getting cooked, like defensively, like they're just getting put into like a body bag. Whereas like Martin is six foot seven, he might not be as fast, but he definitely has a little bit of size. So it's like at least like an option. Yeah, Yeah, like at least defensively, it's like an option where you're like, all right, like we can't just body him like any in any situation. Like he's a little bit more difficult to move or like to play against. So I kind of understand it. And that's part of why I like Caleb. And I think you do too. uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, I know you were at the game on, uh, for game three, uh, how, how are the vibes? How's the environment? I know everybody always is like shit talking Miami saying like, there's nobody there, but it sure seemed like it was packed. Yeah, no, it was a pretty rainy day just going into it. Um, maybe that had to do with it, but I mean, when they played the seven nation army chant for the, uh, starting like for the lineup, oh my God, man, I thought like, I was so confident that we, that we, I mean, that it would be a win. Um, something that I do want to point out, though, like um, after halftime, it's like a 20, you have 20 minutes to grab, you know, to grab food in the stadium for the halftime. And what I noticed was that like two to three minutes in, like from the start of the third quarter, there really weren't that many people in in the stands. I just think they yeah. were out getting food. And I really think that affects uh, the heat. I mean, like not having the crowd, like, I mean, that's, it, it was an interesting trend because you know, Miami Heat fans call it the third quarter. <laughs> they just don't do anything. You just suck. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. I just think it has to do with the crowd not being back. I mean, the bathroom breaks and everything during the halftime. But, um, yeah, the vibes, the vibes were um, weren't the best vibes going out of it. But it was good vibes going into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. I mean, I, I think it's just one of those things with these these teams and these games like with Miami it's like you kind of need like every little edge that you can get yeah. so like you're saying like if it's not if it's not like fully full like right when de- and like I get that like you know it's like you go to a regular season game like you go to get food you go to the bathroom like you miss the first you miss like the start of the second half like nobody really cares but like in the playoffs it's a little bit different it's like you know like especially the finals it's like you guys need to be here for us man <laughs> like, yeah they gotta like make some they gotta like make some announcement too like right before like the a minute left or something, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. So, um, before, before we head to, to pods and recs, uh, and I ask you for a random recommendation here, what do you think, uh, what do you, what, what kind of chances are you giving Miami to force a game to force a game five? Or like, do you have any final thoughts on game five here? Um, yeah, look, it's, it's kind of what I said in the beginning. I just think they're going to, they're going to give it their all. Um, you got to, I think you just got to like wait for the moment where there's going to be a moment when, when they give it all and then they just give up. Will that happen in the first quarter? Will that happen in the fourth quarter? You know, it's, yeah. I definitely don't think it'll be a blowout. People think it'll be a blowout. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm pers- personally I'm on Denver minus nine. Yeah, minus nine, yeah, yeah. So like it, the spread is the spread is significant, right? But my thoughts were Denver's a plus nine point three in terms of net rating over the course of the entire series. And honestly, if Miami didn't go absolutely thermonuclear from three, they we probably are talking sweep here. And Denver's won every game by double digits. So I was like, I, like I was like, look, like I like Denver. I'm gonna lay the points. Like I'm okay with it. But I do think that if you have futures on like Denver or, you know, derivative lines or derivative bets, like the series price and stuff like that. Like you have a wonderful opportunity to hedge here uh, with Miami being, I think they're like plus 300. So, Oh, you know something too. Um, I saw some stat that Miami is one of the best fourth quarter teams. They are plus minus. Yeah. So you could take four. I think a good bet here would be fourth quarter money line or Miami heat fourth quarter money line. And they've been like, Worst third quarter team. They literally have been so bad in the. Like, I'm not even kidding you. They yeah. have lost. I think they have a negative net rating in every quarter besides the fourth quarter. That is that is like so hard to do and be in the finals. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. But they but that's what they do. They hang tight. They hang tight. They hang tight. And then all of a sudden, it's like all a bunch of threes go in or somebody gets in foul trouble and they capitalize on those situations. So I don't hate it. Um, and you probably are going to get a better price now yeah. than later, I would imagine. Um, and I mean, like, I if they like, wait on, yeah, I'd say also like wait on the starting news. Honestly, I would not be shocked if Duncan starts. I'm, yeah. I'm saying it. I mean, how many chances can you give Max Struess? It's the, yep, to win, win, win or go home, you know? Yeah. Well, now, yeah, now I think it's just one of those like, look, Jimmy played 45 minutes, Bam played 44 in game four. Yeah. There's only so many more minutes they can play. Like, I think this is like a max effort game. Like Jimmy might play 48, Bam might play 48. Like you just, you have to at least try to get it home to Miami. And then, you know, like if you force a game six, you bring it home and then it's like, all right, well you win here, you win at home. Like all the pressures on Denver then in game seven, yeah. like Miami just went through this where a game seven was forced on them and they had to win on the road, obviously. But I think that they understand the implication here. It's like, just got to take it one win at a time and one yeah. game at a time. I mean, you know how psychotic Eric Spolstra is with his quotes. <laughs> I mean, he's untrained eye, all that nonsense. <laughs> Dude, the untrained eye comment was crazy. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I, I think that you know, there's something to what he's saying. And I think that the the coaching that he's able to do and like the scheme he's yeah. done a lot. Like he's slowed the team. He slowed Denver down. Yeah. Like the pace is slow. Like they're playing at a 90 pace. So I, you know, that ties into a bunch of the props that we've kind of talked about, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. I say but, like, yeah, just game plan for Miami. You got it. You just got to hit the shots early. You can't go one for seven to start the game. Yeah. You got to hit the shots early. And I'm saying the secret X factor here is to put Aaron Gordon in foul trouble. I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, it's like easier said than done, right? But I I do like the thought process because he has been just a monster, you know, uh, in on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball, just because of what he's able to do, you know, as a switching defender, as a cutter, as a dunker, like as a facilitator, even. Um, So I I do like I do like the train of thought. It's just one of those. It's like, well, we got to, we got to go do that now. So I think, I think it might be a little bit more difficult, but um, you know, either way, I think that this has been 
an awesome series so far, or at least it's been entertaining. I think every game and hopefully we get an entertaining game five. And, you know, if it is the last game of the season, then like congrats to the nuggets, but we'll, we'll just have to see. Otherwise we'll have another pot out for game six for cash yeah. that. Uh, but I got to take you obviously to pods and recs here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the segment, you just give a recommendation of anything that you really feel like recommending uh, and just a little bit of reason why for the listeners here. All right. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I had a nice day off yesterday. I was on Netflix and I caught this uh, nice documentary. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, dude. Have you seen that? <laughs> I was watching it. <laughs> that thing will motivate you. I mean, it's inspiring. His, his drive, like it's separated pretty much into like three different um, like things. It's like his first, yeah. the first episode is about his like uh, bodybuilding journey second thing is about his acting and then the third is like pretty much business but i mean that's just uh it's just a good uh netflix show i get recommendation to um just like motivate yourself i think and then black mirror season five coming this friday cannot wait for that dude i can't wait for that either and i think we're actually getting a full season of it it's not going to be like that bs where it was like three episodes and i think it's like a full season so yeah. i'm i'm pretty excited for black mirror I, like i'm a big fan i'm hoping that i don't have any conflicts with the nba and i can just watch it but you know so i'm hoping we're not going that far but we'll we'll have to see for me um obviously like i i watched both i watched both of those shows so like i i've really enjoyed both um i would recommend right now i'm gonna recommend a couple things number one i'm gonna recommend sunscreen um so look I know that a lot of you, you know, there's, I'm assuming the majority of my listeners are men. I don't know. Um, but look, I know a lot of us, we don't wear like moisturizer. We really don't wear sunscreen. It's very important for you. I started using my fiance's moisturizer and it's fucking phenomenal. My skin has been flawless lately. So, but it does make a difference, but also the sunscreen, um, look, I'm, I was always like an, Oh, like you just burn the first time. And like, you're fine for the summer big no, no. Like I'm out on that now. <laughs> like I'm just like, put the sunscreen on, you still get some color and, you know, maybe you just got to get out there another day or two, but you know, you got to put the sunscreen on, you got to reapply. It's good for the bronzing. And, uh, you know, you got to get that SPF going. So I like, I like sunscreen. I'm, I'm disavowing skin cancer and melanoma, uh, with this recommendation. So I think that the key here as, as it is with every cash that episode, you know, is you got to watch your Arnold doc, get your body in shape, like get your mind, right. Get motivated, put the sunscreen on and block out the heat. And let's cash that. I like the transition there. (laughs) Thanks for having me on Joe. Of course, man. Thanks for coming.